Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our very first Arise Women's Night of 2022 with our very own Pastor Letty Lopez. Enjoy this message. Amen. You guys can be seated. It is such an honor to be here, to be able to preach behind this pulpit. I do not take it lightly because the word of God is going to go forward. And um, I guard that very dearly. But it's such a, a great, great turnout. It is packed out. I tell you, we need a bigger building. We need to pray for a bigger building. That has been on my heart for a bigger building. But the Lord is going to do such great, great things. Um, before I start, I really want to shout out to a couple of people out there. My uh, my friends in Kansas, Esther Lorkey and um, Lulu Rivera out in South Carolina. My Texas family out there. And um, hopefully my sisters are online. Hi, sisters. We need to get together. Amen. But it's such a, a great, great moment that I get to minister the word of God to you. And hopefully, like I always say, take notes. Because you might need them one day. Amen. Um, so here we are in January 2022. And how many are doing things differently now? Now that the new year has come, um, are you like changing your diet? Are you exercising? Are you being aware? Let me have. Uh, let me re- uh, say this quote here. It says, "Because if you do, because if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got." That's right. We are creatures of habit, definitely. And I don't want to be in the same old, same old. I want to be different. I want to think different. I want to move forward and not be stuck in the same place year after year. I want to be ready for anything. Am I not right? Well, during the beginning of the pandemic, we shut down for a month. How many know that? But when it was time to come back, I was excited and I was nervous at the same time because I wasn't around a lot of people, only my family and my home. I started getting a little fear in my life, being around people. And I remember, I go, wait a minute. I got delivered from speaking in front of people. The fear of speaking in front of people, not of people. I just took a step back and I said, oh, no. And I said it out loud to the devil can hear me. I said, oh, no, devil. I'm not going to allow any form of fear to creep back into my life in any shape or form because I know how that is I know how the the fear can grip you and it paralyzes you and I don't want to be there again no way it was a battle that I needed to fight through but I thank God that God was right there with me if God is for me who cares who is against me but during the month during the month that we were at home, I was worried about you folk here. I was wondering, how are they doing? What's going on in their lives? We were getting calls from people, how they were struggling, and they were having problems in their marriage, and we even got a, a phone call. Um, somebody wanted to 
get a divorce. And all we can do is pray and have Zoom calls. And that was... That was hard because we weren't there. Because the church is very essential. And that's why today I want to speak on being battleground ready. Amen? Because you never know what this world is going to throw at us. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to speak your words into these women, God. I pray, Father, Lord, that you would just give them revelation of your word, Lord. Drop something in their spirit, Lord. As they leave this place, let them leave changed by your power and your love, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know, um, I, was, I was thinking of what I'm going to wear, and I noticed that my, my pants and my jacket, they don't kind of like, the colors are different. And you know those those um, those little shorts on Instagram or YouTube? They're going to know. They're, they're not going to know. They're going to know, you know. And on TV, they're not going to see it. They're going to know. No, they're going to know. They don't match. That was just going through my mind. I don't know. But the military, you know, they, they, they battle in different ways. They battle on the ground with machine guns or in close combat. They battle with knives or with daggers. And others battle in the air, you know, with their airplanes. And others still battle in the ocean with submarine. They sink your battleship. But one of the greatest battles that goes on is in the mind. The battle in your mind. Let me read that scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 6. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that excels itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. It doesn't say only the little thoughts. It doesn't say the thoughts from last year. It says bring every thought into captivity every thought even the ones when you were a little girl and they told you that you looked ugly and you're good for nothing those thoughts those thoughts those thoughts that you know when you used to do bad things that come up if you repented and if you ask God for forgiveness he has forgiven you you are a child of God Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We have a spiritual enemy. He's called the father of lies. That's right. And he has lied from the very beginning to Eve to eat the fruit and you will become like God. The enemy knows that he has a very short time and we can vividly see our world being destructive with hatred and lies. If you believe that God is for you and is with you, you will sense his power and you will sense his presence. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Sometimes we forget though, that there's an invisible war that is going all around us. 
It is a battle for your mind, your thought life. There are forces of good and evil that are battling your mind. The battle is intense because the reason why it's intense is because whatever gets your mind gets you. I was reading up on the brain from Caroline Leaf, a neuroscientist. She says that the mind and the brain are interchangeable. The mind and the brain are actually two different interconnected entities. The mind works through the brain and it is separated from the brain. That is mind-blowing, I know. The brain is an organ that sits in our skull. The mind uses the brain and the brain responds to the mind. The mind also changes the brain. The scripture is so true. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so is he. You know, to my left over here, we have the brain that it's sitting on in, in water. It's floating, and that's exactly what it does in our skull. There's water. So that's very important to drink your water, girls. <laughs> Always slip it in there. Because it sits in water, and you don't want to be dehydrated, and you're not going to be thinking right, and you're going to get a headache, and ooh, forget it. It's going to go on and on. So it's important to know how to protect your mind. You know, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? How can you expand your mind? Because whatever's in your mind and how you process your thoughts, so will you be. Let me go back to 2 Corinthians 10.3. It says, talk about mind battles here. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine powers to demolish strongholds. Strongholds. They have divine, divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. These are mind battles. And so we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We're going to have to learn to capture destructive thoughts stinking thinking we got to recognize what they are we got to be aware it's like wait a minute that's that's not normal why am i thinking that got to capture those thoughts let me share with you what happened to me years ago i shared this before talk about destructive thoughts um a family member was addicted to drugs and she had five kids and she was going to lose them into the foster care system. So my sister and I decided to take them in. I took the two boys and she took the girls. Needless to say, it was quite challenging. But months in, I was feeling overwhelmed with my three boys plus two more boys. There I was in the restroom. Let me paint you a picture. There I was in the restroom. I was tired. I felt unappreciative, I was crying, and it was one in the morning. Mind you, I was about to start the time of the month, if you know what I mean. It does play a part. It does play a part with your hormones and your emotions going all over the place. I just wanted to give you a picture. But my tip for you my tip for you is don't make any major decisions when it's going to be at the time of the month. I'm serious. 
It's for reals. Because your feelings will change. They will change. So I was there crying out to the Lord. And what I said, I was ashamed, I'm ashamed to say it. I said, Lord, oh, this is hard. I said, Lord, I don't care if I die. I don't care if I leave my husband wifeless. I don't care if I leave my children motherless. As soon as I realized what came out of my mouth, I went down to my knees in repentance. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I started realizing what, what, what's going on in my life. I started repenting. I was a mess, ladies. But the very next day, I started the time of the month. <laughs> so I know, I know it played into it. I know it played into it. That's very important. You know what? But the very next day, I did a very important thing. I made myself accountable. I found my pastor friend, and I told her what happened. She prayed with me. I didn't want what I said hanging over me, a tool for the enemy to use over my life. Even though I was ashamed to tell my friend, I did it anyways. Someone else knows. Let me tell you, if you're holding a secret inside you, and it's always bothering you, I think it's time to close that door and tell someone. Let me say that again because some of you didn't listen to that. If you're holding a secret and the enemy is always reminding you and you're always falling into that depression, then it's time that you close that door by telling someone. James 5.16, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. There's nothing like freedom. Let me tell you, that is all for you, and there's nothing like freedom. I thank the Lord that he snapped me out of it. He snapped me out of it. Thank you, Lord. So I believe I took my thoughts captive and made them obedience to Christ in repentance. The enemy wants nothing more than to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10.10. Rather than just reading this verse and just memorizing it as a scripture, let's dig a little deeper into the Greek words behind the verse. According to the words of Jesus, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy everything good in your life. The enemy wants to destroy your job, your joy, your happiness, your health, your finances, your marriage, your kids, everything. The thief just wants to ruin anything he can get his hands on. He don't like you. I said he don't like you because you bear the image of God. Amen. The word thief comes from the Greek word klepto. Which means to steal. It's a picture of a, of a bandit, a pickpocket, a thief who is artful in the way he steals, nearly undetectable. 
The devil is very cunning in the way he steals from people. He does it a deceptive way that he often accomplishes his goal before they even know that it's been stolen. Oftentimes, the devil injects thoughts into a person's mind, and those are fiery darts. And those are real. Those are thoughts that come into your mind. They steal your peace, your joy, and even your belief. He brings confusion. The word klepto describes a thief uncontrollable urge to get his hands on something that does not belong to him. That's where we get the word kleptomaniac, which describes a person with the persistent neurotic impulse to steal. This is precisely the nature of the behavior that, that the thief Jesus told us about. Not only does the enemy come to steal, but to kill. And at first glance, we think kill, oh, kill somebody. They're dead. No, that's not it. The Greek word, the Greek word is thusia. Thusia, which means sacrifice. And originally referred to sacrifice to given of animals at the altar. But it could mean sacrifice to surrender and to give up something that is precious to you. To you and I. What is precious and dear to us? The enemy wants to convince you to give it up. To sacrifice it. Simply because he doesn't want you to have it. He'll even try to create situations. Stressful situations. And cause you to conclude that your only solution is to surrender it. The thief not only comes to steal, kill, but to destroy. The Greek word is apolume, apolume, to destroy. It carries the idea of something to ruin, waste, trash, devastate, and destroy. He would try to take everything from you, ruin everything from you. The goal of the thief is to totally waste and devastate your life. If, that, if nothing stops him, he'll leave you ruined, flat broke, cleaned out of every area. And you end up feeling as if you're done. But the scripture doesn't stop there. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The thief comes to steal, kill, to destroy. Then Jesus says, oh, I have come that they might have life. Thank you, Lord. And that they might have it more abundantly. The Greek, the words that they might have it from the Greek tense, it means to have continual possesses, possesses. The life Jesus offers is Zoe, Z-O-E, which suggests a life that is filled with vitality. That means life, vitality. The word abundant is from the Greek word perisos, and it means to be above, beyond what is regular, extraordinary, and even exceedingly. This is not abundance. This is super abundance. You know, I love the way the way. Per- uh, Priscilla Shire says in her book, let me just grab this really quick. I had to borrow somebody's glasses. I forgot mine. Thank you. She says, she says this in her book. I recommend this book too. Fervent. If I were your enemy... I devalue your strengths 
and magnify your insecurities until they dominate how you see yourself, disabling and disarming you from fighting back, from being free, from being who God has created you to be. I work hard to ensure that you never realize what God has given you. So you'll doubt the power of God within you. Isn't that the way the enemy does? He likes to whisper in our ear that you're no good to give it up. You've been serving the Lord too long. God is not doing anything in your life. Give it up. Give it up. You've been here too long. Go out there and have some good times. You've been serving the Lord with your kids. Now they're all big already. Let's go out and party. Missing out on life. That's what the enemy whispers to you. He whispers that to you. And you got to capture those thoughts. You got to capture those thoughts because that is not what God has for you. We need to be aware of who we are in Christ. You can throw up the, the, a lot of those scriptures up. We are complete in him who is the head and ruler over our authority. We are alive in Christ. We are free from the law of sin and death. We are far from oppression and will not live in fear. We are born of God and evil one does not touch me. We have the mind of Christ. We have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We have the spirit of God who is greater than the enemy in the world. We are renewed. We are merciful. God supplies all our needs. We are chosen by God and we overcome the enemy of our soul by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So don't forget who you are, especially when you're in the middle of the battle. That's when it counts. Remember what the Lord has done in your life. Remember that he reached down, he picked you up, and he turned you around just like that song says, and he placed you on the solid ground. He restored your marriage. He healed your body. Your kids are living for him now. And that's enough just to praise the Lord in this place. Oh, thank you, Lord. But the enemy has a strategy against us. I looked up the word strategy and it says, a plan of action and directing over all military operation and movement in war or battle. If he has a plan of action, I think we should have a plan of action. We are not dumb Christians, right? We don't want to be caught off guard. We need a command center. A place where we concentrate, strategize, and spend time alone with God. I looked up the word command center. And it says a central place for carrying out orders and for supervising tasks, also known as headquarters. Hold on, let me get a drink. Excuse me. You know, that was good. I don't know how some preachers come up here and just kind of wet their whistle. 
I need a chug-a-lug. I needed to go down and just like make it, make it worth it, you know? You're going to stop, might as well. Let me go back. When situations arise and there's a shooting at the bank and they have hostages, they bring in a mobile police command center. They set it up and they strategize a plan. To operate our church, we have command centers. We have just a few picks up here. We have people working there. The next picture, please. Strategizing in the office. There it goes. They're strategizing in the office. I think that's we only have three. But just letting you know that we have a command center. As Christians, we should have a prayer life. Isn't that right? Let's not complicate things, okay? Basically, it's just talking to the Lord. We got to praise him for who he is. We got to repent of how we've been behaving. We need to ask him our concerns. And we need to thank him for what he's done and what he's going to do. It's not a formula. God is waiting to spend time with you. How many seen that movie, War Room? If you haven't seen that movie, you need to see that movie. It's just such a good movie. Well, this woman sets up a command center where she strategizes and brings her needs to the Lord. And she went to war in prayer, praying for marriages, praying for healing. I want to encourage you to have a command center. That's why I kind of like set one up a little bit here. It just has a board, anything that, that will help you to strategize to go to war and to go to prayer. Whether it's in the corner, in a closet, or on your couch. Grab your Bible, your notebook, index cards, something that will strategize your prayers. Let's do it different. Let's do it intentional. It's not a must, but it's something to keep yourself accountable. What is the Lord speaking to you? Write it down. Is he challenging you? Ask him. He will tell you. The word of God is our lifeline. Just as a baby is connected to the mother with the umbilical cord, when the, in the womb, getting all the nutrients that it needs to grow. I just thank uh, the Lord for my daughter-in-law. She's in the place. Where is she at? Oh, there she is over there. She's in her last trimester. And the baby's going to be born in April. And I'm so excited to be a grandma again. (laughs) The word of God is our lifelong connection. And we should never. Say never. Never. Tell your neighbor never. Never be separated from his word or we will become malnourished and die spiritually and that you don't even know that you're dying. Finally, the battleground ready, being battleground ready, we need to ground ourselves in the word of God. Hebrews 4, 12 says this. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates. It goes deep. 
even the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. And I, just, I was just so fascinated about body parts, you know, the joints and the marrow. What is the joints and the marrow? It's that stuff inside, the, like the bone. And I remember, it was just an interesting fact, guys. I remember my mom used to make some soup, like caldo. She would make the caldo de res, the beef soup, and she would eat the stuff inside the bone. And she used to call it tuetano. She used to get it, and she used to smother it in a, on a tortilla like butter. And she used to eat it. Actually, it's quite good for you. It has collagen, and it has all these other vitamins in it. That's just an interesting fact. But we are so privileged here to be able to take out our Bibles, to be able to go to a restaurant and pray and not get arrested. We take this for granted because we live here in the great U.S. of A. And I love my country, and we need to pray that it stays that way. We can pick up our Bible freely. I said, we can pick up our Bible freely, but yet we don't do it. We don't pick up the word of God. How many want to have a closer relationship with the Lord? Well, how are you going to get to know him? If you need to open up that word as God speaks to us through his word, how else is he going to, how else are you going to fight if you don't know his word? Remember It's a spiritual battle. A lot of times, people want a word. Some prophet comes, I want a word, I want a word. Well, if you would crack your Bible open, the words are there. The Lord speaks to you. It's all there. When we get dressed in the morning, we take more time in what style we're going to look like. And do we even consider to putting on our armor? The Lord gives us clothing as well. You know, he doesn't want us to be naked. He doesn't want us to be vulnerable. And Ephesians 6, 10, 17 says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and the mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and all authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places we are fighting an invisible war therefore be alert therefore open your eyes therefore wake up wake up Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground. Even though you want some victories, stand your ground. Because the enemy, he wants to come back to trip you up. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness, not your righteousness, God's righteousness. And for shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. 
In the Roman soldiers' shoes, historians say that they wore sandals with spikes on them, almost like cleats, that, that they would be uh, planted and their foot will be secure and not be moved. And we as Christians, we should have our feet securely planted in the gospel. If it's rooted deep in the gospel, we should not be moved, right? If you build your faith in your marriage and your family in the foundation of the gospel, then you shall not be moved, right? When there's a pandemic and they have restrictions on us, we should not be moved, right? It's not time to freak out. If you've been coming to church for a bit, then you've been in training. All those sermons that you've heard, it's time to put them into practice. Allow the word of God to transform your life. That's why I've been telling you to take notes in case something like that happens. You're at home alone. I'm like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? Well, you got all this notes. Just, you know, you got the word of God and get the notes out. Okay, okay today I'm going to teach my family. We're going to have Bible study. We're going to have communion. You got to do it. Don't freak out. We are Christians, okay? I know the world is real, but we got to stand our ground. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So women of God, God has given us a spiritual suit, spiritual suit, our spiritual armor. We are in battle of our lives. I said we are in a battle of our lives. When a soldier goes out to war, to battle, he is ready. He knows that the enemy is waiting for him. And he doesn't go empty-handed. He has his weapon in his hand. And he knows how to use it. You know, the military will train you to know your weapon. To take it apart and put it back together. They will train you. If I can have that, that video played. Very impressive. Very impressive. I was trying to look for, for a video and I couldn't find one. And I had to tell um, Enrique to look, if, look for one. Look it for me. And he found that one. And thank you, Enrique. Thank you, Liz. And even when they were, when she was doing a blindfold, I was thinking, do we have enough scriptures in us? If they take my weapon, do I have enough scriptures in me? If they take my weapon, let it sink deep down. When a soldier goes to war, they're not only protecting themselves, but they're protecting their fellow soldiers. Be careful not to fight the wrong battle with one another, sisters. We are warriors and we are on the same team. We're not fighting an enemy that wants, we're fighting an enemy that wants to tear us down. I don't want to get political here, but I am. It don't matter if you're from the red team. It don't matter if you're from the blue team. We're on God's team. Amen. And we ought to love one another. And don't let the enemy come in between us. 
The enemy only wants to come in to steal, to kill, and destroy friendships. We are in Christ, so let the God in you come out and shine. Let me say that again. We are in Christ. God's in us. So let the God in us come out and shine. Stop being rude. Women, I mean, what, what is our weapon, women? Our weapon is the sword of the spirit, right? Which is the precious word of God. And it is our responsibility to get it in us. Get it in your mind. Get it in your heart. Young people, you can't rely on mom and dad. You got to get it in you. We can't rely on our husbands. We got to get it in us. The Bible says to work out your own salvation. Amen. If I can have the worship team come up. There's still one more weapon the Lord gave us. And we need to use it. In Ephesians 6.18, it says, pray in the spirit at all times. And on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We're not alone in this. We have our brothers and sisters with us. We have each other, sisters. Take advantage of that. But it's not going to be like this all the time. We were able to get together. You know, a year ago, they shut us down. We couldn't come together. And don't lose that, that you know, we need to be, have a gratitude about it. Thankful that we're able to come to church. Thankful that we're able to see one another and get encouraged by one another. Amen. I can have you bow your heads in prayer. The Lord is good in this place. And I believe the Lord spoke to hearts today. I believe God has given you revelation. He dropped a spirit. He dropped the word in your spirit. I believe that. But perhaps you're here and you don't know the Lord. Maybe somebody invited you to come to a woman's meeting and you came. But now here's an invitation to come receive the Lord in your life. If your heart is beating, that is the Holy Spirit is tugging you, tugging your heart. God wants to make himself real to you. He loves you. He is our only hope. You know, if, if you would like to invite Jesus into your heart, I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to raise your hand. I will see it, and God will see it. I see that hand back there. People, help me out. I see another hand over here. Thank you, Lord. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed to come. The Lord knows your heart. I see that hand over here. You can put your hand down. God wants to do a work in your life. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it's going to be the first steps. God will give you strength to be able to handle stuff that comes in our lives. He's the only one that gives us strength. He encourages us. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Those people 
that raised their hand and you want to invite the Lord in your life or if you've been here in this church or in another church that you've been coming and you are playing games with God but you know what you say you know what I really want to devote my life to the Lord I really want to commit my life to the Lord I want everybody to stand up I want everybody to stand up and I want those people that raised their hand I want you to come forward down here you could just down here stand down here someone is going to come with you you're not going to be alone you're not going to be alone someone's going to come with you and they're going to pray with you I know there was more people back there there was more people thank you Jesus God is good in this place thank you Lord you can come down here someone will pray with you thank you Jesus hallelujah well today you heard a simple message on spiritual prepared having a spiritual armor and fighting a spiritual warfare we are fighting we have our fight for our lives let's not be asleep but awake and aware I'm going to open up these altars if you want to seal it in your heart the altars are going to be open as they're singing a song of worship come down here let the Lord minister to you if you've been holding any secrets you know what it's just bothering me I need to let someone know you need to close that door tell someone God is good in this place oh God is good in this place God is breaking chains God is moving father we just thank you God father pour out your presence in this place God break down chains set your people free in this place Lord we love you Lord and we give you thanks and glory God oh father we worship you we give you glory God oh we thank you my God thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount to stay connected with us follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount to give and support this podcast and ministry visit our website at reachparamount.com give